Wow. <laughs> Things are looking different around here. <laughs> where, <laughs> where are we? Where should we even start? Where, where are you I? guys? Oh my goodness. Where did you come no. from? Where did you come from? Well, welcome back to another amazing episode of the Glory Boys podcast. Let's go. Things are different around here. Yeah, a little bit. Are. Things are going to be different around here. <laughs> from now on. Yeah, we got some, uh, some table mic stands. We got some... Just awesome. Some new hosts. Some new hosts. New hosts dude. Say hi, vibes. Trev and Ray. Dude, what, what is up, what up what everybody? Excited <laughs> <laughs> to be here, dude. Don't talk when I talk, okay? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but seriously, so don't. Mean to me. Shut up when you're talking to me, dude. <laughs> yeah. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? Look at him. This, don't uh, look at me, dude. This episode's sponsored by Yerbs. And it's not, C4. It's not even the brand. And Kirkland. I don't Yerbs, to, dude. I don't even know how to say... Yerba mate. No, Gayaki. Oh. oh. Guayaki, dude. Guayaki. I just call it Yerbs. So it's sponsored by Yerbs. Yerbs nice. is your favorite drink. I do love it. Dude, it's I delicious. thought it was actually called Yerb. Yerbs? Yeah. Dude, I should start one called Yerbs. I mean, you can at this point. That'd be Ooh. sick. Ooh. That is a pretty good idea. It's a good idea. Don't steal or I'll freaking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> you might be into some <laughs> trademark copyright issues there, but I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. Is there any other companies called Yerbs? No. Uh, no, but also that one, maybe check the meaning. There's that one called Yerbe, and it's really lame. Oh uh, yeah, no. Yer and then Bay. Yep, yep, yep. No Yerbs. You're good, dude. Oh sick, dude. It's wide open. All right, we're well, gonna be. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We're gonna go start a Yerba Mate <laughs> company real quick. I'm gonna go file my LLC real quick. <laughs> if you're new to the podcast and you're wondering what the heck are these guys talking about and who are you, I'm Austin. I'm Darren. I'm Trev. And I'm Ray. And we are the Glory Boys Podcast. Woo! Almost knocked a more drink there. <laughs> We're the Glory Boys podcast, and our goal is to help creatives build wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also are part of a company called Glory Visuals. If you've never uh, yeah. followed the channel before, I have no idea who we are. Uh, we are a video production company that uh, over the past five years we've built to be multiple six figures, and it's our passion with this podcast to have fun and help you do the same. Yep. Let's go. And today we're going to be talking about some some planning and why uh, why. Preparation is so important. Like preparation H. Why preparation H is so important. <laughs> yeah. I'm just that guy today. Because preparation helps you cover your butt. Oh! Hey. Wait, did you just make that? I see what you did, did there. Did you just make that up? Yeah. That's good. Uh, I feel like you kind of told that from uh, Pastor Eli, but no big deal. Well, okay, I guess. <laughs> oh, well, nice. Uh, <laughs> that, no, that's original content right there. That was fire, though. Preparation H helps you cover your butt. Before we get too far in the episode... I just want to say, if you're watching this on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform, be sure to subscribe. Uh, Hit the bell if you're on YouTube to be notified anytime we drop podcasts. It's our goal to do these every single week and just continue to put out value for you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, if you want to kind of get some behind the scenes and see an inside look on our company, Glory Visuals, you can follow us on Instagram at Glory Visuals. And you can see all of the podcasts and little snippets and things like that on Instagram at the Glory Boys Pod. Do it. Yeah. Do it. And uh, we're going to move into a little time of giving here. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Due to encourage us in our giving is our lead pastor, Ray Price. <laughs> All your donations and tithing will go to Ray Price yeah. and uh, Thank his, you so his much. new baby. That's on the way. That's on the way. Yeah, so, dude. Yeah, it's baby That's girl. High. Soon dude, today, to be daddy-o. Today is the day we find out our gender. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I kind of, I really want a girl. So I'm kind of against if it's a boy. <laughs> what if it's a what boy? What if you see this? I'm sorry. And what does your wife think? <laughs> uh, my wife obviously just wants a healthy baby. Healthy baby, yeah. yeah. Like any other mom would. Fair yeah. enough. You know? Yeah. 
Once you find out, you'll be pumped regardless. Yeah. Do you have a girl? (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I feel like you're a girl dad for sure. Well, by the time this episode airs, we'll know. We will know. That's true. That is true. Dang. I mean, we're going to know tonight. Yep. Yeah. In a few hours. Freaking A, dude. When people see this, they'll know. Oh, that's sick. It's a. I think before we get any further in the episode, uh, I think, Darren, you wanted to have some encouragement for everybody that's listening, right? Oh, yeah. I would love that. Encourage us. Give it to him. Here's the thing. Um, You probably feel like you can't do things because of the lack of finances in your life or the lack of people. Uh, Maybe you don't have uh, a mentor or a coach or a dad that's like, you got this. You can keep going. Like, someone to run to when you're feeling like you are doing terrible or you're not going to reach your goals. Um, But here's the thing. I never had that. And to see what I've gone through to get to where I am today was just literally getting back up and trying it again and doing it again and putting myself in an opportunity to learn, to grow. Um, I always want to grow. I always want to learn. And so my encouragement for you today is that no matter what you're facing, the, the, the trials, the tribulations, the things, whether you're on a mountaintop or in a valley, um, you have an amazing purpose on your life. And I know because I've seen God move through my life in a way that I know he wants to move in yours. You just have to allow him to. So my encouragement is you can do it and you are doing way better than you think you are. And you are amazing. So dang, it's really good. That's it. About to cry right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that just came out of nowhere. Uh, dude, I felt encouraged by that. Same. Cool. But that's, yeah, you got this. So keep going. Let's go. Heck yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to encouragement. To encouragement. To encouragement. Thanks, C4, for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough of, enough of the sappiness. Yeah, right, where, what are we talking about Where are we going next? Okay, would you guys say you're more uh, like on the fly wing it type of personalities or do you prepare a lot for like situations you're about to walk into? I would say I'm more of a wing it person. Uh, my wife would know this, but she literally had to add a calendar on my phone so that I could know what's going on in our life. <laughs> because before I would just show up to the day of and she'd be like, Hey, we have this, we have that. And I'd be like, Oh, we do. <laughs> I was just going to go to the gym and she would get so mad. Yeah. So I'm getting better at it, but I'm still not the best at it. My wife also put a babysitter calendar on mine. So <laughs> I know everything that's going on now, and it's awesome. I actually love it, but definitely wing it guy. Yep. Like five minutes before, we're going for it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I I am a little bit of both sides, but just certain situations I will like over prepare for. Mm-hmm. And like I just want to know everything there is to know about it so much so that then it stunts my ability to actually step into that situation. Mm. And uh, so I kind of suffer from the other end of it. (laughs) There are times when it's like winging, it's just what I'm going to do. Like for instance, if I'm giving a speech, I've given a handful of speeches at weddings and stuff. I'm winging that thing. Nice. I do. Yeah. I just, I process as I talk. And so I just, I just get up there and, and I wing it and it all comes together. But there's, there's other things where if it's like um, a business pursuit or um, just like maybe a, a talent or something I'm trying to learn uh, how to do, then I'll just sit there and I forget the they have like a name or a phrase for it. But um, yeah, I'll just like 
ride myself into the dirt about reading about it and overanalyzing it, and then I don't actually move on it. And so that's how I suffer and self-sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I think I'm a little bit of both as well. Um, I cannot wing speeches. I've tried before, and it I like have a th- you know in my head I kind of have an idea of what I want to say, yeah. and then I never end up saying like any of the actual good stuff that I had yeah. prepared. It's mm-hmm. like it ends up being like half the length that I needed it to be. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I gave a talk at our church, and it was like supposed to be 31 minutes long, and I think I was done in 11 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I probably should have prepared and like made an outline to follow, and yeah, um, all of that stuff. But on the other hand, with like cameras and stuff like that i'm the type mm-hmm. that'll read an entire user manual before i even yeah you will buy the camera before mm-hmm. i even know i'm going to buy the camera <laughs> i'll have read the user manual and yes. know how to use it because that's just how i am but yeah i throw yes. it away before i even buy it <laughs> <laughs> yeah darren's opening the box right. user manual so quickly yes, go straight up i just yeah. won't do it i'll i'll either figure it out or i don't know if it's like stubborn or i don't know i think it is stubbornness yeah but yeah. i I used to do that with, uh, like, furniture. I yeah. would take the instructions and I would throw them out. I did it once or twice. And then you twice, had to redo it. And then I had to redo the whole entire yep. thing. And I never, ever did not throw away the... I feel like if we're yeah. talking about Ikea furniture... Oh, especially Ikea. Yeah. I was and just going to say I'm that. Not, I mean, I'm not too stubborn to... I'm just going to yeah. read You it. need I'm, it. I don't yeah, care how yeah. intelligent yeah. or handy you are. That's true. Unless but like, it's, like... Unless you're little coffee tables that you just yeah. screw yeah. in the four legs, then you probably don't need them. But yeah, right. if it has batteries or if it's like electronic, I'm like, I'm going to figure out how to turn it on <laughs> and use it. So I don't need to read yeah. that. I feel like yeah. I don't know if that's stubbornness, but it's fun to, to see that just in the dynamic of the office because you move so quickly. I think it really is just like your personality of I'd rather learn by experience than just try yeah. and like yeah. book That's probably not what it is. Yeah. You know, so I think it's maybe less uh, stubbornness and more just like the way that you want to learn. <clears throat> sure. Yeah. But I'll take that. Yeah. Sounds better. That's too. cool. <laughs> yeah. It does sound really cool. I mean, it's a good way to learn your yeah. experience. It's, and it's a good way I think learn. that's like our crux is like we try to learn everything about what we need to know beforehand, mm-hmm. but you really can only. And then what happens with me is like I'll be prepared for something and then I'll walk in and like one thing is completely different than I expected it to be. And it throws my whole plan out the window and I'm like, well, falls apart. Yeah. What was the plan? What was the point of even having a plan for this? And so I think, yeah, like learning by, there's definitely validity to learning by doing and messing up and having Mm -hmm. to take that piece of furniture completely apart again and redo it because you know how to do it now. Right. Right. Yeah. There's, there's a healthy balance of both of, of having the right amount of preparation going into something um, but then being willing to learn and adapt as as you are experiencing it. So, and actually, that's a little bit about what we're talking about today. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. In uh, in preparation. So, yeah. preparation is definitely something that, as a company, we always really suffered in that area. And just as it pertains to shooting like different projects, like we could have showed up so much more prepared. But I think in the na- the nature of me being the wing it guy and Austin being mostly wing it guy, <laughs> our natural bent is to just show up and wing it. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we would do that for, I mean, we did it for years, like up until last week, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. So yeah. I think our clients have always like known we're good at that so that then they don't necessarily need to prepare either. So then we get into a hard place where we really want to do 
a better job than last time, but we're not really preparing any more than we ever have. And then they don't really prepare more than they ever have. So then we're like stuck. And now we're trying to grow and get better. Mm -hmm. So then we're like, okay, we need to prepare better. And then we present this preparation and then they're like, wait, and they're kind of caught off guard. Like, whoa, like, oh, I like this, but I'm not really sure. And so, yeah, we're very much in that season of we are embracing change and, and wanting to be more prepared for every single shoot and every client that we work with. Mm-hmm. And it's been awesome because we're getting really good feedback. And actually, funny enough, we had feedback from a, a client we've had for four years or whatever. And, and they were like, yeah, like we love working with you, but you're like <laughs> you're really not bad. doing the voice though. <laughs> <laughs> Commit to the voice. You yeah, like you guys like suck like <laughs> at planning, but like we we love your videos. We love like let's go, let's go. No, we love this client, no, and uh, he just was honest, and and that's it's yeah. true. We've done a drastically or we've done a historically poor job in yeah. the area of pre-production. So sorry, um, past clients. And there's. There's a balance. Like, yeah, he's an awesome client. We've worked with him for many years. He's a super awesome guy. And he, he was just honest with us. And he was not yeah. wrong when he said that traditionally we have done a pretty poor job on the pre-production side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really uh, one of the big, well, not really one of the big reasons, but it's one of the big benefits that I think that having Trev as part of the team provides as that was something that he had a role in before working at uh, Huddle. So that's something that we're actively working on getting better at. And like he said, there there is a balance, I think. Um, I think there's a time and place for pre-production. And that's what we're really trying to figure out right now is mm-hmm. like, what's the right amount of pre-production where we're still able to be flexible and adapt to the situation? We're not getting projects necessarily where the budget is $100,000 and we can pay for the exact location and the exact talent and yeah. have all of the things controlled that we can control. Um, and so, yeah, that's really the balance that we're trying to strike is how can we show up to a shoot prepared enough to be confident, but still allow that room for things to happen as they inevitably will. And there's several big benefits of planning and preparation that we want to talk to you about in this episode. But first I just want to give Trev an opportunity to talk, uh, about his experience yeah, working at what Huddle. Is it, and, what is it like to live in order and, <laughs> and lack of stress? Yeah. Well, and- to be honest, I didn't even realize kind of what I was learning or the skill set I was learning. Mm. Um, Cause in my role there, I, I was around content and I was technically my title was story producer when I joined the team there. Um, but it was mostly dealing with content that was already in house and it was a library of content from, from clients and I'm not going to get into the weeds, but um, and so my, my draw was still really towards like the video production guys that I worked closely with. And I had great friends and learned a ton from them. But I was just like really drawn to working with outside clients, going on shoots, things like that. And so one of the the ways I could get plugged in with that it was learning this pre-production side of things. And um, again, it wasn't quite so like black and white, like that's what I was stepping into. But I was mainly just like, how can I help with this next production? Like anything. And so it started with... Um, just calling coaches for a specific project we were working working on. It started with calling coaches, calling athletes, basic scheduling. This is our idea. This is when we'd like to come do it. Uh, you know, things like that. And, and there's parts of pre-production I still have never touched. And I think we are also learning that, you know, as we implement that process here is like hiring talent, things like that. I've still never done any of that. I'm, I'm certainly no expert. Um, but 
all the logistics and preparation that goes into a shoot um, down to client interaction and scheduling, but also um, scouting locations and knowing everything about where you're going to be filming, having the first time you show up to film, not be the first time you've been to that spot. Yeah. You know, what's that? Um, can like? anyone relate to this right now? <laughs> what's that like? Is it nice? It yeah. sucks. <laughs> it's uh if you have been there before, it's nice because what yeah. it does is like Austin was saying earlier, it alleviates that pressure when you show up and something doesn't go right. Yeah. Then, you know, you're, you're not just winging the rest of your plan, you know, yeah. you're yeah. able to adapt and still keep your plan intact. Sure. So, um, yeah, again, I didn't really realize like the skill set I was learning, but I was just trying to get plugged in anywhere into the production so I could be a part of that team yeah. and that you know, that process. And yeah, it ended up being the the pre-production side of it, which now I've, I've kind of been trying to implement here with you guys. And we've already seen on the first project, we really got a chance to implement it. Yeah. I feel like it helped a lot, but, uh, what I did want to note though, that Darren, you were talking about it earlier. I think some of the frustrations of you guys trying to implement that yourself and, and maybe falling back to a little bit more of the show up and wing it is because sometimes it can be hard to see how much the pre-production process is actually affecting the quality of the final outcome. Mm -hmm. And you guys are so talented that showing up and winging it, you already know and you've proved to yourself you're going to get a great product. Mm -hmm. Everything in the middle could be ugly, but you're going to end up with a good product because you guys are really talented and you care a lot. And so convincing yourself and marrying the idea of mm. if we do this pre-production, yeah, you may not see it in leaps and bounds yeah. as far as the quality of your final product, mm -hmm. but you're going to feel it through the process of it was way easier to get from point A to point B yeah. than it would be otherwise. For sure. So I, so I think that is important to note that it's not, it's not necessarily the direct, if you do great pre-production, you're going to have a great video. It's just the the ease of getting from one spot to another that yeah. it like really alleviates, and yeah, and and we can dive into more of the more of the main points and kind of uh, areas that it helps um, yeah. to implement pre production. But yeah, that just taking that experience from Huddle and what I've had, I saw it on a big scale. I worked with um, a team that was kind of this size, but um, you know, a little bit bigger budgets and and things like that. And um, yeah, it was it turned out to be very very valuable and um, being able to to implement a strategy and a plan just it levels up your your production and your ability to stand in front of bigger clients and say really with a confidence we can crush this project yeah yeah, yeah I can and I can testify to the experience uh, on the We've really only implemented this for one shoot we've done pre-production on multiple yeah. projects that are open right now mm -hmm. right. Um, but I can't even tell you how much more enjoyable the day of shooting was yeah. knowing that we had a plan that yeah. it had already been thought through. We had shot ideas that we'd already gone and pulled inspiration from. Mm -hmm. um, I'm typically the one on set where as soon as something doesn't go my way or as soon as a wrench gets thrown in the gears, I get frustrated. I get 
uh, anxious and stressed and everyone else can feel that. And I apologize. (laughs) I know it. I'm aware of it. (laughs) I'm aware of it. Okay. At least I'm not the guy that's just like being a jerk and has no idea. Uh, I'm hyper aware of it. And I've known for a long time that I think that that's, that was the key missing component is having that plan because I think it, it just kind of to wrap up what you were saying, like it helps you wing it better. We're not, we're not winging it, but you still have to be adaptable. And I think even at the highest levels of what we do, you have to be adaptable. That's Um, my famous saying, flexibility within a framework. There you go. Did you just make that up? No, I've literally lived by that since I was saved. Why have I never heard you say that? I've said it on this podcast so many times. Right, guys. No, I don't think you've ever said that. Yeah, it's flexibility within a framework. You show up with a framework, but... um, so that you, so when something happens, yeah. you're flexible. It's okay. You're, you're, you're adaptable. Like you can still yeah. handle whatever comes your way. But yep. if you show up with zero framework, you have nothing to stand firm on. So you're, anything comes bad your way. You're off your rocker. Yeah. It's going to mm-hmm. be a bad shoot. What was your experience on the shoot with, with the Honestly, preparation? Honestly, like even just going back to the first time you guys had worked with this client, I remember you guys talking about how you had interviewed multiple people and you just had Hours, like five hours, hours of interview, of interview footage. Yeah. And so you had, you know, just scrubbing through all the interviews, like, what are we going to do? What oh, are yeah. we going to piece together? And I think this time, uh, having him around and just him just asking three simple questions, you were able to just see the story play out. Yeah. And it's kind of like crazy, like, to think about what you're saying. It's like, literally, like, you're not solving everything from A to Z. Right. You're literally just setting yourself up so that you know what the big picture looks like. And you're just going into it. Mm-hmm. And obviously you're going to have things that come at you that day as factors and stuff uh, that you, you can't really do anything about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But at least you know, like, cool, well, this is still going to plan. Yeah. This is the final product and I can still see it, which is kind of cool because it's like, if you really think about it, it's like if you're building a house, right? Like you just built a house. You didn't go into an empty lot and you said, well, I think the window is going to go right here. Uh, the door might go up there. Who knows? Like, no, you... You talk with your construction person and they built you a blueprint. They built the house before you could see it. They built the framework. Yeah. And then you you got to see step by step yep. of everything that you were doing. And you weren't just like going into it just, well, I think it's going to look like this. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you're, like, you're literally deciding day by day, factor by factor, how it's going to look like this beautiful house. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which yeah. is kind of cool to think about. Yeah. That's what preparation is. Like, yeah. You don't really know blueprints, the big outcome, mm-hmm. but you see the outcome that you're looking for. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, one or a couple things before we move on from pre-production. Um, if you're not currently doing pre-production, this was us until just recently. Yep. Uh, and the number one reason for it was honestly, we didn't want to add it as a line item on our invoice. I think we were scared of people seeing that pre-production and like Wait, you charge for pre-production. Yes. If you're watching this and you're not currently doing pre-production because you don't feel like you can charge for it, or hold on, if you are doing pre-production and you and don't you're realize, not charging, and you don't it. realize it, you like that was us actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. We we would do all of this extra work because we're just serving our clients. We love yeah. our clients. We're yeah. just, but we're thinking up all the ideas. We're talking about all the locations. We're you know Google searching things and calling places, and we were just doing this like. In our own little wing it way, but it yeah, was also like on set. It was still it was still <laughs> figuring stuff out and yeah, using yeah. our own creative and brain power to yeah. come up with it. And that's actually not on on us or you as creatives, right. as the filmmaker, as you know, when you show up to on set. But 
if there's a beautiful thing called pre-production that we now charge for and now sit down at a table, discuss, fill out forms, and it's awesome. And then again, the client is charged for it, but also you're serving the client even better than you ever will. Yeah. And one example of what this could look like is your client has a list of interview questions. Take an hour and think through research, whatever that looks like, what better interview questions would be because typically your clients are not video experts. That's why they're coming to you. They're not marketing people. That's why they're coming to you. All of that mental effort, the more of that you can clarify beforehand, send them back revisions. I mean, we, she sent us a script for this project and we picked it apart and sent back, Hey, this is actually how we think this should go based on what you're telling us. And if we hadn't done that, we probably would have done a version of it on, on the spot. Yeah. But when you're trying to think about where to place lights and how to p- stage people, like it just becomes way more to think about and it just becomes way more stressful. Mm-hmm. If you can iron out every detail that possibly can be ironed out beforehand, yeah. then you can free, for me at least, as a DP, as a person really going into a situation trying to figure out how I'm going to light it so that it looks as good as possible. Yeah. Yep. I can't be also thinking about what are we going to ask them or... Uh, are they, are we just going to let them talk for 20 minutes? And then, and again, like Ray right. said, that probably saved us two full days in the edit bay of right. not having to cut through five hours of pointless interview footage. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing I just wanted to touch on is we've been using this tool called Milanote um, that we've been just testing out and trying it. And I think it's awesome. It's um, you can do anything from a mood board to a call sheet uh, to a podcast topic outline that we're yeah. testing out for this podcast. Uh, it's basically like a blank canvas. You can add any type of imagery or text or links or draw on it, whatever you yep. want to do. Yeah. Across industries. Yeah. 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 So it's for people use it for all sorts of yeah. things. Yeah. Um, and so we've been using it primarily for um, like mood boards where we'll go and find inspiration for a project that we're coming up with an, a concept for. Because that's another part of this. We yeah. never really would come up with a concept. We would sure. kind of just take what the client had given us and okay, yeah. we're going to run with this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we were challenged by another company um, here locally. That's uh, some awesome guys that again, your clients don't know what's best for them and they're right. looking to you to be the expert. Yep. And so build in some time on every project that you feel like it is valuable on, which I think is every project is some pre-production. But mm-hmm. if you have a client that you've worked with for a while, that's coming to you, um, they want your input. And yep. so spending some time, to think through their brand, to do some research, to come up with a concept that's going to blow them away yeah. um, and just solidify that relationship, yeah. um, I think is invaluable. Yeah. And you have to build for it. Last point before we move on is if you want to just make a heck ton more money than you are from a client that you currently have, we were on a call literally yesterday with a client that we love. We work with two to three times, like, you know, 30 second spot local TV commercial spots a year. And uh, because of this pre-production, we were like, hey, we actually would love to think up ideas for your brand. And he's like, I love that idea. He's like, you know what? We're so busy. I don't think of that stuff. And if you guys were to get creative and pitch yeah. us an idea and we like it, we would do another commercial. And he's like, we could do heck. Heck, we could do like three or four, you know, every every quarter or like mm-hmm. a, a couple every month or whatever. Like he was just like, Oh, I love that. I want to spend more marketing dollars. But if you're waiting for them to call you with an idea that they may have, you're going to be sitting around forever. Yeah. Yeah. So just don't wait for them to call. Like 
come up with ideas and pitch them to your clients because it yeah. makes them feel taken care of. And also it just puts more dollars in your business. Yeah, that's a great thing to do during the slow season that we're in right now for most of you. Um, yeah. A lot of you guys, I would assume the winter months are slower. Uh, and so take that time and write some, think of some concepts and ideas for brands that you love or that you already have worked with and use that downtime to come up with something that you can pitch to them. Because I think when people... <clears throat> When a client sees that you're thinking through their brand and what could benefit their brand, they're going to go with you if you've worked with them in the past and yeah. if you deliver great work. They're going to hire you and they're going to want to spend their dollars with 100. you. 100. And if you can't write, there's this really cool thing called chat. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I laughed when you're like, yeah, just write something for your client. There's, nice. there's a, Darren's been using this tool. It's called open.chatai.com or nope. something. OpenAI. It's chat.openai.com. Whatever. It's an AI <laughs> thing. It writes for you is all you need to know. And it's the best thing in the world. And as of this airing of this episode, it is still free and working very well. Who knows if the government will <laughs> shut it down? Who knows yeah. if it's going to be $500 every time you use yeah. it? But right now, it's free. And you it's can write cheat codes. like an OG. Chat. You can literally tell it, write me a sales email for this company, and it'll just do it. Anything. And it's great. It's super well-worded. Sales emails, scripts, commercial scripts, social captions. Oh, man. It'll everything. change your life. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll put the link in description, or we'll keep the secrets <laughs> to ourselves, even though we just told you the name. <laughs> Moving on, what are we talking about? <laughs> but I think before we move on, like, what if, what if I'm listening or what if I'm watching and I'm a uh, Let's say I'm a photographer or an artist or a, a marketing exec or something, and I'm working with a client, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I love what you're saying, but I'm just a photographer. How do I add more value in a pre-production? Yeah. Or, or yeah. how do I ask somebody, hey, I need you, I want you to pay me for something like this? Darren. All right, go ahead. Like <laughs> me. Uh, so I, I had been a photographer for uh, years before I was even doing video, really. And the one way... Because everybody needs like, hey, I want a new LinkedIn profile headshot or something like business facing. And I had this real estate agent come in and she's like, hey, I want something kind of like more fun, but I don't really know. But I definitely just need a headshot. And I was like, okay. So before she came, I literally just Googled like fun real estate photos and like just tried to find something with more personality. So I had her bring like uh, floor plans of like homes. I had her bring like uh, little keys and like her branded keychain and stuff. And I just had the, what I'm saying is you can still do pre-production if you're not just doing video, um, doing a little bit of research and, and planning the shoot. So she came in and then I was like, oh, cool. You have keys and plans. And so we have props and now I can have you like, look at the plans. And so now she has like action shots, not just like I got a headshot and paid me 150 bucks, but yeah. now she has like some cool social media posts. And I had her like hold the keys out in front and like she was blurry in the background and got like a cool little key shot and, you know, just was more creative. And then she was like blown away and so excited. So no matter like what industry you're in, you can plan and research a little bit beforehand and yeah. add more value to your clients just by bringing your creative ideas to the table. And then they're going to be like, oh my gosh, that was awesome. That was, I didn't just show up for five minutes, take a couple headshots, turn, cross my arms and then leave and then yeah. probably never talk to you again. Right. But you actually brought some value to the table where they're going to be like, oh, that was fun. I laughed and I got really cool personable photos and and personable um, service. Like I'm going to call them back and, and rehire them yeah, yeah. next time, you know, next year or whatever. 
Um, so that's how I, how I think you can add value, not just being a video person. Yeah, just having a shot list, even something as simple as that. Yeah. Um, thinking to the team photo shoot we just did on the other end of the camera, Yeah. I can attest to that personally that it was that much more enjoyable and fun yeah. knowing that the photographer had a shot yeah. list. She'd presented yeah. it to us beforehand. We yep. loved it. It was thought through, and it honestly was just a mood board yeah. Yeah. of posing ideas and images that she had found that she thought would be cool for our team. Yeah. Good job, Carrie. Yeah. yeah. Shout, yeah. Out, Shout Carrie. out Carrie. Shout out Carrie. The homie. But uh, yeah, so that's pre-production. And another thing, as we've already kind of touched on it, that having that pre- preparation does um, is it just makes the post-production side of things so much easier. Mm-hmm. If you know you have these shots and you already have an idea of what you want, you don't have to go through a thousand photos and pick selects and do all. I mean, you you have a more targeted definition of what your end product is going to look like because yeah. you've thought through it beforehand and controlled the variables that are within your control. Yep. And so like with this project we're talking about on the video side of things, I think it legitimately saved us probably two full days on the editing side. And that's a huge deal. That means that we can go do more projects and we can, um, and we can continue to offer a very high-end product without having to blow our prices and our uh, rates to the point where our clients can't afford it. Yeah. And so I think it just it helps you to put out a higher quality of work. Um, it also just reduces stress as well because I know uh, sitting there and looking through five hours of interviews <laughs> is just awful. So, Torture. Yeah, it makes the, <laughs> oh, the whole process just more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uncomfortable at first and just so you guys know this is not something that we've figured out. This is something we are actively figuring out. And that's right, what yeah. this podcast is all about. If we're one step ahead of you guys, this is what we would recommend to you is start yeah. with this. Start with doing mm-hmm. an hour or four hours of pre-production on your next project, mm-hmm. yeah. trying to figure out where your location is and have a, you know, a, a sheet that outlines all of your interview questions and the style that you want to shoot in and a shot list and all of that stuff. Yep. Just start there. Yeah. The next thing we want to implement is doing location scouts, going out and taking yeah. photos, using Sunseeker to determine what time of day. That's something I want to do on this very next commercial we're working on because we're going to be shooting some exterior scenes. And I don't want to just hope that the lighting is good or it's yeah. cloudy that day. Yeah. We're moving on to a new level where that can no longer be the standard for the level of projects that we're working on. Yeah. And if you can implement that at your two to three thousand dollar budget projects it's only a matter of time before you start getting five eight ten fifteen thousand dollar projects yeah because you're able to do that level of work that's kind of been i think what has gotten us to where we are is i think we've always tried to do a higher level of work yeah than the price tag that's associated 100%. with it yeah great um and i think that is just part of adding more value than you ask in return but yeah. i think when you do that like i said it's only a matter of time before you're the size of your projects and the budget of your projects start growing. There's a confidence too that comes with, I think, showing up to the shoot prepared. Yep. And I think that's where for for so long, like we're stuck in this like three to five to maybe $8,000 project. That's like, oh, that's so great. We got $8,000 coming in. And now I think we're graduating into that. We start at the eight to 12 to 25 and because of that, you can actually be confident by charging that latter half of the pricing because of the pre-production. I think that's a, a massive thing. It's like a mindset shift. It's mm-hmm. a it's like knowing like the value that we do bring. Like we always knew we brought a great product, but I think because now we're 
starting to charge more and continuing to build, it doesn't feel as weird or different that we're we're charging more because we're we're more prepared, we're more skilled, we're more talented, and we're bringing more to the table. And I think ease and lack of stress in planning and all of that stuff just just brings tremendous value to the client where they don't that from that 8,000 to the 25,000, I don't really feel like it. Yeah. It's a lot more money, but to the client, if it's just way smoother, way more creative, way more planned out, I I think, I think more times than not, they're just going to pay the 25 grand and just watch us do our thing. And then they're going to get a great, great product and not be stressed out also. And yeah, I don't know that that just kind of came to me as you were saying that, because I think they just value the the creative and the planning almost more so than just the product. And so when you can kind of bundle all that together, you can get paid more. Yeah. What if they don't value it? Uh, what if you have a client that you send a proposal and they're like, what is this pre-production line item and why do I need this? Then they're the wrong client. There you go. There you go. That's, That's an easy answer. <laughs> yeah, you either take the time to explain the value that they get out of it because it's so much... It's it's as much for them as it is for us. Yeah, totally. Like it makes yeah. our process easy, but on their end, like you were just talking about, it allows them to spend less resources on this project, whether it be time, you know, thought, energy, what have you. It allows them to take a step back and let the experts do what they hired the experts to do. Yes. And not have to overshadow. I heard um I heard this saying just yesterday that said if you want to be like them, you gotta move like them. And it just, it made me think of um, just the level we want to take our productions yeah. and even not necessarily knowing all of the exact steps of, of, of how to level up, you know, we're, we're trying, we're implementing new things. We're trying to move like the big players in video yeah. production yeah. because that's ultimately the goal we want to perform at. Yeah. Right? So um, yeah, I just thought that was really neat. If you want to be like them, you got to move like them. And, that's great. Yeah. yeah. I think just educating your clients too is a big thing. Um, you know, you may not want to just dismiss them right away, although yeah. that's easy to say, like they're not the right client. <laughs> yeah. it, they may not be, yeah, or true. they may just be uneducated. Yeah. And yeah. so if you educate right. them, hey, this is the reason why pre-production is important because unless they're providing you the script and the ideas and the vision and a shot list and the cast and all of the things, which sometimes they will, if you're working yeah. with an agency, a lot of times, you know, they'll give you a little bit more of that. Yep. But if they're expecting you to come up with the vision for their company, they need to understand that your time is valuable and yeah. you can educate them through that yep. um, and just explain to them, this is necessary because you don't have the script. You're coming to me to help you build this creative vision. This is part of the process because you yep. don't want me to just show up and wing it right. because then I don't know. I, I can, I'll do the best that I can, mm-hmm. but if, but if you're willing to, allow some time for planning, which I believe is necessary as the creative expert in this scenario. Um, it will help things go way smoother. You'll be much happier with the end product and you'll have a way more fun time doing it. Yep. 100%. And if they say no, then, then the they're probably client. the wrong client. They're the wrong client. <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah. You can't talk people into caring about their brand more than you do. Yeah. Right. Um, which is really a hard thing for me because I, if I see a brand and I think it looks great. I believe in it. I'm going to like assume it's mine and like literally think through the lens of like, this is my baby. What can I create for it to elevate it to the next level? Mm -hmm. And that 
costs people money. Yeah, what I've learned is it's really hard to get people to love their brand as much as you do. I think I fell into that a lot where I would care almost more about the marketing and the brand of of their company. And you can't make them want to do marketing or, or do right. video or care about their social media. You just can't. And so working with those people, it can be really tough. And so sometimes you just got to split ways and get over it. The The way that we're protected now is we can put all that care and passion into it, but it's just, it's lumped into the pre-production and then we can present that and they can choose for themselves if they want to move forward or not. And if you guys are in a, maybe you're not in a space to start charging a bunch of money, doing a bunch of production, or you're maybe a solo guy or girl in your own business and you you want to start implementing some of these things, but it seems overwhelming to do them all. Just start with like an hour or two hours and charge whatever you think is necessary, a couple hundred bucks, a few hundred bucks, and start doing some of that pre-production. Uh, just do some research about their industry, maybe look up some imagery, maybe think about uh, some music choices, and maybe even come up with some concepts that you can pitch to them, and then just charge for that time. Um, you'll feel a lot better and more confident about the shoot. Your client is actually going to feel way more taken care of. And at the end of the day, you're going to make a little bit extra money. Um, and it's just a win, win, win. So definitely implement it ASAP. Yeah. I could see somebody watching this right now and asking, well, what, I don't want to put in all this time on the front end if I'm not already guaranteed the project. So mm -hmm, let's yeah. talk about how we approach that if, uh, cause we've had a few projects like that. Yeah. And I think it, it comes down to how you can determine if it's worth that on a client that you're not sure if they're going to go for it. Mm -hmm. Now, some clients you can just communicate with up front. Hey, this is, I'm going to put some pre-production into this and and you can even charge them for it if they even don't decide to go forward with the project. We've done that where we're like, Hey, this is going to cost us a thousand dollars to put together this, this concept for you. Yeah. And we don't know if you're going to go for it, but just being up front with you, like if we're going to put a full day into this, it's mm -hmm. going to cost you regardless of if we move forward with the project or not. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I think you have to really filter it through um, number one, would this be a great portfolio piece for you um, to put, because you, you will take risks and we continue to take risks. Um, it's just calculated risks. So you don't want to go into any project and spend four hours doing pre-production. Mm -hmm. right. um, you really want to look at it from the standpoint of, is this a great relationship for me and my business and somebody that can help take me to the next level? Is this just a really great paying job or a client with a really high budget that I know that I can build this time into? Mm -hmm. Or is this a really great piece for my portfolio? And I think if it checks one of those three boxes, then you can put in the risk, so to speak, for doing that time on the front end. Um, yeah, and I think you can easily weed out some of those. Like if someone's budget is like $1,200 max and you're you're probably just going to initially not go spend two days pre-pro like right. that that just is silly you're going to spend more money in the pre-production phase than they even have budget for the whole whole project so you got to weed that out and kind of feel that out and i would just communicate over communicate with your clients because they'll just again like you will have to weed out which clients maybe need pre-pro and which ones don't and you just don't, yeah, don't want to just go in and be like, oh, I'm going to pre-pro everything and like spend a full eight hours <laughs> of charge researching, a lot of money. <laughs> charge all the, and like you, you just spend all this time and, and spend all yeah. the budget. And then they're like, but we can't even afford the project now. Yeah. So it just can get in a weird spot. So I think you said something really important. You said over communicate because at the end of the day, the worst thing that you want to do is do all this pre-production and not be what the client wants. Yeah. Because then you could get lost in that space of like, 
well, Darren's telling me to charge people to do this pre-production. But if the project doesn't really require pre-production, then why are you going to charge a client hundreds of dollars for them to be like, yeah, bro, I don't need any of this. You know, right. yeah. then you just lost a client because you thought you could get more money. Yeah. But it, it's more so just like looking at the clients that you have in front of you. And you, like you said, weaving in and out of which ones are the right clients for this pre-production. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't want to use it on every single client that you have. That's just asking for, you know, just a voiceover. Like, how are you going to do a pre-production for a voiceover? Right. You know, like, you can't. Hey, can you film my daughter's quinceanera? Yeah, let me just, oh, I just got to put a day into, like, (laughs) coming up with some concepts and maybe a script or two and, like, pitching them to you. We have been asked to film, like, multiple quinceaneras. We we never have. We never have. I'm not going to lie to you. You you can't. They're really complicated. (laughs) (laughs) So um, they require (laughs) pre-production? So our joke didn't land just then? (laughs) No. It's just really complicated. Nice. I, I mean, we've shot many... Vietnamese weddings, those are also very complicated. Yeah. There's just different cultures require a lot more pre-production. Right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Right. The thing the thing I love most about pre-production as a whole is that it it makes a very, you know, long process very modular. And so if one thing changes, the whole thing doesn't have to change. Yeah. And and that's what I love most about it is it's the most amount of control you can have yeah. over a situation that still has, you know, variables that you're going to run into. Yep. So yep. you just, that's kind of what we hit home at Huddle also is when we're producing this big, long documentary series and we're traveling every other week um, and we're having to, we're having to do some level of production on the next episode we're going to shoot while we're on our way back from the one we just shot is it all comes down to just controlling what you can control. Yep. And if you nail that, mm-hmm. then there you go. Then the rest is is just going to play out how That's it, plays it out, right, right yeah. there. Control what you can control. Yep. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing more frustrating than finishing a shoot and knowing that you could have controlled something yeah. and you just chose not to just because of laziness to. or procrastination or yeah, whatever. Right. So or fear. Control what you can control. That's the right, yeah. that's what we leave you with today. Yeah. Yep. So there you have it. Control what you can control. Yep. And everything else will fall into place. It'll make your life a whole lot easier. As always, this is the Glory Boys Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, subscribe to the channel on your favorite podcast platform Mm -hmm. or on YouTube if you're watching the video version, which is awesome. If you're watching, what's up? You can see our cool set and everything. If you're on Apple Podcasts, then you're missing out. Uh, But uh, hit the bell to be notified and go ahead and give us a follow on social media at the Glory Boys Pod and at Glory Visuals. And again, if you have any questions on what we've discussed in this episode, We're here to help. We're here to add value to you and help you build wealth as a creative. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to shoot us a DM. Ask us, hey, this is where I'm at. This is a client that I'm facing or this is a situation that I'm up against. What would you guys do in this situation? We don't have all the answers, but we'll definitely do our best to help you guys out. Mm -hmm. We love you guys. Thank you so much for joining and we'll see you in the next episode. Peace. See ya.